and we are live. Welcome back, beautiful and amazing human beings. This is Okradowski and Jason Burmis of WeAreChange.org. And today is November 25th, 2018, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, which, of course, always is our Sunday live show. And, of course, on today's show, we're going to be talking about the U.S.-Mexican border developments, the latest scary developments happening in Ukraine and Russia, plus a lot more of the news that happened all of this week that you might have missed, and you probably did miss if you were watching the mainstream media, the horse stream media, the prostitutes that act like they're journalists, but as we all know, they're not. They're just PR for special interest, and we're not PR for special interest because our special interest is you, the audience, and we survive as an independent news organization because of your super chat which, of course, will have priority here on our live broadcast, which will be going from uh, 8 p.m. or 9 p.m. I don't know. However long it takes, we'll be here talking to you, covering the latest stories, and also taking your phone calls. We're going to take one phone call at the beginning of this conversation and, of course, the rest of the phone calls all the way at the end. We're also going to be live on Facebook, on Periscope. The podcast of this episode will be available on iTunes later. But, of course, the main conversation is going to be on our YouTube channel. So, whew, that was a mouthful. That was a lot there, Jason. How are you? How was your Thanksgiving? I know there was a, it was a big week, a big week filled with a lot of food, a lot of shopping, a lot of psychological brainwashing Illuminati mind control as we've been talking about on this uh, YouTube channel and uh, it's been it's been a very intense uh, week Jason and, it, and it's definitely uh, been um, uh, exemplified by all the crazy news developments that just happened moments ago. Yeah, man, uh, I kept it as low-key as I possibly could. I didn't do any of the crazy... I mean, we can't even... Can we call it Black Friday anymore? It's not Black Friday. It happens at dinner time on uh, Thanksgiving. I remember back in the day, you know, I'm a, I'm a, you know, divorcee's kid. So you'd have two Thanksgivings, right? You'd do, like, the early afternoon one, and then some families wouldn't have dinner until 4, 5, 6, 7 o'clock. Even if you had early dinner, Luke, what you used to do, and I'm not even a football guy... But you'd have, like, there was 10 channels on television, and the big game was on, and you'd sit around, you'd talk with your family, you'd spend time together. Not anymore. Now, the dinner's over. It's a couple hours to my favorite uh, Black Friday deal. I'll see you later. I need to get over to Walmart by 6 p.m. so I can get a $200 flat screen. And that's what the holiday has turned into. You know, I remember when I was releasing uh, films with InfoWars, one of the things I would say is, hey... Thanksgiving time, that's the best time to kind of talk to people. And maybe after the Thanksgiving dinner, instead of the game, Luke, you throw on one of the documentaries and you enlighten people about 9-11, globalism, the new world order. That's out the window now. This isn't the holiday for it anymore, brother. Because it's shop, 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 roo until somebody gets stomped out and shot. Uh, luckily, well, it's, definitely, it's definitely a corporate holiday, like most holidays that are invented for purposes of monetary gain by of course special interest that's what most holidays are let's just admit it and uh, this one's definitely becoming more overt i remember just a few years ago jason there was this huge outcry being like oh my god they're opening up stores on thanksgiving on, on thanksgiving eve there was a huge outcry a huge kind of pushback against it of a kind of uh, shock and uh, distaste for it but now it seems like all of that just kind of uh, kind of uh, went away 
It's gone, doesn't it? And, and do you know? Do you know anybody who actually went and and did all the crazy Black Friday, or is that just also just a complete sigh up as well? No, I, I still know a lot of people that do it. You know, I went shopping um, Friday night after I got some stuff done. At like, I think we went there. I was going grocery. You were shopping. part of the problem, Jason. No, I went grocery shopping <laughs> at one in the morning. And my point is, at one in the morning, there were still people shifting through all the deals that weren't like initially taken. Um, with the, I think it was $232 billion they're estimating uh, that was spent since Wednesday afternoon till Cyber Monday today, which I think is going to be its own thing, $66 billion of that, Luke, was online. So now, you know, Walmart has kind of culled a little bit of the problem of people wrestling on the ground for televisions because you can just order it earlier in the week and come pick it up Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and it's delivered. They are getting smarter than that, but I don't think it's changed, you know, again, the consumerist culture that Thanksgiving has be become. It used to be like, is there any cherry pie and pudding pie left? Give me, more, give me some more of that pie. Come here, boy, let's talk a little bit. Now it's like iPhone 6S on sale, $100, let's go. No, Tommy's not getting it. We're getting it, son, I promise. And you're gearing up to shop. Pudding pie sounds weird. I don't know what, what, what you're just describing there. You never had pudding uh, pie? A little bit off. You've never had pudding <laughs> pie? Huh? You don't have you, you don't have pud, pudding pie for uh, Thanksgiving? A little chocolate pudding pie? Chocolate? There's a chocolate one? Chocolate pudding? I know they do like I know I know they do like pies in like London and in the UK where I was just over there. They do like meat pies you and all Polish that. Polish people are weird. I'm part Polish. Maybe it's a country. It's a country <laughs> tradition. No. No, sorry, man. Cherry pie. Uh, you know, pudding pie, that's that's all that's all part of Thanksgiving for me most of the time. Nice ham, nice turkey, some mashed taters, um, that sort taters. of thing. Yeah. Of course, of course, Jason, you're into the taters. I am into the taters, my friend. And honestly, you know what my favorite part of the Thanksgiving thing is? Is that after Thanksgiving, there's this awkward two weeks before, like, they start selling the Christmas turkeys or wherever, where turkeys literally go down to, like, 32 cents a pound. And you get, like, a 15-pound bird for, like, eight bucks. And that is that is some good eating, sir. Some slow cooked. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. I'm more of a pierogi person than a tater person. But uh, before we get into it, Jason, what's the phone number for people to call, for people to call in? Let's take one phone call before we get into the main big story that, of course, we want to delve into. Um, Jason, yeah. what's what's the number? The number is six zero seven five four two. 9184. That's 607 542 9184. Remember, Luke will not be able to hear you, so please be patient with us. I will take your call. I will tell Luke what you've said, uh, the point you've made, and then uh, we will go from there. Before we hit the big news of the day, and there's plenty of news to be talking about, my friend. I know you know that. But we got I mean, some people no, Jason, watching. It's utterly insane. It's like I'm, I'm like on Twitter. I'm always retweeting something because something major happens. There was a chemical weapons attack in Syria that, of course, the mainstream media doesn't want to talk about. People are being banned all over Twitter for even saying that men are men and women are women. Uh, talking about scientific fact. I'm even looking right now. Right before we, we we went on the broadcast, Ben Shapiro is being banned in France and Germany allegedly on Twitter. Uh, for espousing his opinions again, we don't. We're not fans of Ben Shapiro. We're not on the right wing or the left wing here. We're here to call it out like it is. But a lot of absurd, crazy things are happening as there's major protests happening also in Paris, France, and all over France, uh, protesting the government and more taxes there, more of the globalist policy.
policies that they're trying to push on people. Uh, just a lot of news that is just rushing in. And of course, the two main big stories that, of course, we're going to be talking about and mainly focus on, focusing on is, of course, the latest developments in Ukraine, in Russia, and also on the U.S. border in San Diego and Tijuana. Uh, by the way, also, I just uh, decided just a couple moments ago, I am going to be going to Tijuana uh, tomorrow morning. So uh, definitely stay tuned for more coverage. Uh, is that a phone call? That uh, is that a phone call. There? So let's take it. Here we go. Yep. You are live with Luke and Jason on We Are Change Radio. Remember, Luke cannot hear you. So uh, what is your name? And what would you like to talk about? Hey, man, my name is Jack. Uh, I was just wondering what you guys' take was on the whole Brexit deal being up. Uh, finished up and finalized and where it's going to go from here especially in regards to northern ireland all right very much yeah thank you brother i appreciate that call um he was asking what we think about brexit and actually i posted about it today uh luke it being finalized it being a shell of it former its former self right in the very beginning actually if you go over to the facebook uh for we are change we pointed out that it basically says before 2020 they're going to have two opportunities, Luke, just to vote on pushing back the already eviscerated document that they've agreed on. Remember, all of this should have already taken place. They've already pushed it back. They haven't allowed what the people wanted. And now they put it in writing that they will be able to push it back two more times before 2020. So the reality of this is they've picked it almost clean to the bone, and they'll be able to pick it completely clean and probably turn it in their direction over the next two times that they postpone it, Luke. Well, that's not a surprise because people who are for, uh, you know, for Brexit are usually a lot of people who are anti-establishment, anti-globalist. So, of course, they're sticking on to it. And the people who want to deter, you know, Brexit are people like Tony Blair and George Soros. And, of course, uh, the big push here for neoliberal policies has been kind of explained in greater detail with even the interview that we just have on our channel this week with the interview that I did with former British MP George Galloway, who is a figure on the left, and then espoused his reasons why he is for Brexit. Uh, again, the media likes to paint it like it's a black and white issue. It's not. It's a very complicated, sophisticated issue. Uh, and even being uh, in London last week, uh, it was very hard to even grasp the true understandings of what exactly was happening there. But obviously, the the, pip, the people's will, the people's vote is being deterred for, of course, neoliberal globalist uh, bigger policies with, of course, emotional manipulation from the mainstream media so people don't clearly see exactly what is happening over there in the United Kingdom. Uh, so I, I think our, our stance on this issue is, I think, is very clear. Yeah, absolutely. Again... Uh, Brexit is for the globalists. It's for them to have basically no trade agreements other than what they want to do. So they can't allow any kind of prosperous benefit for the people. No regulations for that. Brexit. Yes, that's what I'm Brexit saying. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Brexit would allow for them to exit the EU, uh, bring benefits to themselves, to themselves as a people, as the United Kingdom is Britain. And, you know, the elites don't want that. You know, no... No establishment figure. Can you name one establishment figure, Luke, that came out and said, Brexit, great idea. I mean, you literally had Nigel Farage, who was in Parliament as uh, the biggest vocal proponent for this. And you had people on the outside, kind of like Galloway, former members of Parliament. By the way, um, on separate ends of the political spectrum. 
Yeah, and they're mainly known as kind of being populists. They're mainly known for kind of representing the people's will against the establishment. Both of these figures on the left and right agree that uh, the European Union and their subjugation uh, and control and their bureaucracy is not a good thing overall. And I think we could all agree on that. I think more government, more bureaucracy, more taxes, more regulations, more control do not lead to human prosperity. This, even historically speaking, look at the historical record, whenever governments become too big, too intrusive it gets into the will uh, against the will of the human being and the human spirit to progress and move forward uh so the nanny state that is being and even right before going on this broadcast i was watching a video and, and the people in the uk they're screwed more ways than uh uh than uh, stormy daniels uh figuratively and literally speaking uh, because i just watched the video of, of a guy who said the s word uh talking about uh, the S word related to poop, family friendly show. I, you know, we're not going to be cursing here, but there's a guy who was talking to a to a police officer, and he ha he said the S word, and the cops couple <laughs> couple weeks later show up at his door for a warrant for his arrest because he used the word. Uh, I guess I could say it in in the Irish term, shite. He he said shite. And uh, literally, uh, I just retweeted and posted his video on my Facebook. Uh, on my Twitter, by the way, is Luke We Are Change. Uh, definitely check out all the stuff I've been retweeting right now because I've been just, uh, just immersed in so much things happening right now. And I'm just utterly uh, enraged seeing people being arrested for just simply saying shite uh, inside of the United Kingdom. Uh, so uh, the, the UK, people are there, totally screwed, total Orwellian police state. Uh, and obviously, uh, if you have the subjugation of the people on such a level where they can't even say shite, uh, obviously their votes, their wills doesn't matter. If your vote mattered, they would make it illegal. And I think that's becoming more and more apparent as we're watching what's happening in our bigger political discourse. I actually posted uh, something to my Instagram. My Instagram is also uh, Luke We Are Change, uh, and it's a picture of a uh, Kim Jong Un, and it says uh, in North Korea. Citizens are allowed to vote. However, there's only one candidate listed on each ballot. And it shows a nice image of Kim Jong-un voting in there. And then, and then there's the image right below it with, with the sheep saying, Psh. everyone knows in a free country, you get two choices to vote. And, and when you really do think about it, the, the, the choices that we get are pretty much controlled by the same special interest. It's the same kind of illusion. And, it, and it's not that much different than the kind of uh, political system and control system that people in the United Kingdom go under uh, because it's absolutely ridiculous uh, how subjective law enforcement is in that country and how they're going after people who are causing offense. Meanwhile, real crimes, yeah, yeah, we're not interested in that. You said something hateful on Facebook and Twitter. Oh, you, you said shite to a police officer. Oh, yeah, you're going to jail, which is happening to people which were... I would not live. I would rather be in jail than be in the United Kingdom, Jason. I don't know about you. Well, I got to tell you, I'd rather be in the United Kingdom than jail, but I've never been to the United Kingdom. Pretty sure. Uh, wait, for, for, never been to London? What's that? No, I'm not, I've never been. Uh, you're you're not missing much. It's just, it's just like rainy, gray, literally a police state, uh, literally landing there. Uh, I, I landed in, uh, where, where was it? Not Luton. Uh, Stansted. A, a totally complete 180 degree difference between Poland 
and what happened in Stansted, there's like police officers with guns, little kids bumping into you, people screaming, kids screaming, huge crowds, dirty, filthy, messy. And I'm like, where, where did I just land? Um, and uh, it, very similar to my experience at the airport in Ethiopia. I don't know if you've ever been to the airport in Ethiopia, but that is a fascinating, <laughs> interesting place, to say the least. I, again, Luke, have never been to the airport in Ethiopia. I'm not sure how many of our It's audience... a mad place. It's a wild house. Everyone's just smoking cigarettes everywhere. There's, like, cargo everywhere. It's a huge international airport, uh, and there's, like, one little smoking booth, but everyone just doesn't care. There's, I think, I think you even saw chickens running around there. There's, like, like business class places, huge stores. Everyone's just running around, and uh, there's total, total, uh, just uh, out of control chaos there as you're uh, in the airport in um, Ethiopia, which is fascinating to uh, <laughs> to see when I was there with Jeff Park. But that's a whole other story. Sorry. <laughs> no, absolutely. So, Luke, do you want to get into today's story? Or do you want to take some of these super chats well, first? Let's take these super chats really quick and get into the main story, which, of course, is what happened between Russia and Ukraine. Okay. So uh, just so everybody knows, we take uh, members here. It's a little bit different than a subscriber for $4.99 a month. You get all the content that we also give to uh, newsletters, donors, patrons, and I post that over in the community. So uh, just this week, they got and some... And by the way, we just posted two new videos, especially re related to this cryptocurrency crash and what we're doing financially with cryptocurrencies to make sure that... Uh, we're, we're coming off on top of the record lows that are happening right now. So we just released two behind-the-scenes videos for our sponsors and for people who are members. So uh, if you are a member, make sure to check out the members area on YouTube. And, uh, of course, uh, wearechange.org, which we also have a member site. We're also going to post them on Patreon. Uh, anyone who pretty much supports us will get now special behind-the-scenes videos. The, uh, this week's, we released two of them with Josh Sigerson of World Alternative Media, specifically talking about the Bitcoin dip and how we are making moves within it to, of course, stay on top and uh, not just feel all of the total losses. Uh, so if you want to check that out, definitely consider becoming a member either through YouTube uh, through the website or uh, through Patreon. Yeah, and remember, some people's uh, losses are other people's profits, and these videos really uh, talk about the ins and outs of crypto. So Gin Tony uh, is now a member, and they will have access to those videos as well. Again, I post them in the community section. Those people that, that is are a clever name. That is a clever name and a great uh, emoji that Gin Tony has. So thank you, Gin Tony, for uh, uh, joining us and becoming a new member of We Are Teams. Does he also get the new Jason Burmis emoji? I mean, everybody's going to get the new Jason Burmis emoji. Um, Do people have the Jason Burmis emoji? <laughs> I, I didn't. I know you yelled at me about it this week. I oh, got into the edit, and I didn't put it up. I know. But you should have got at me. In the, I actually had it up in Photoshop earlier today and uh, did not save and upload. Nicholas don't Peter. Make, don't make me make a special one. <laughs> you don't know the dimensions. Nicholas Peter. I'll figure it out. <laughs> I bet you will. Nicholas Peter, who is one of our members, also gave us a great $5 super chat before we even began this broadcast, asked Roger Ver of Bitcoin.com if he would be on your channel, and he said he would. He loves your channel, and he watched you for uh, years. Are you uh, familiar with Roger Ver of Bitcoin.com? Well, of course. Me and Roger Ver have been friends for a while. He's been on this channel. Uh, we've known each other for a number of years now. I know there's a whole bunch of drama happening right now that I even haven't even wrapped my head around with, of course, a lot of hash wars and a lot of uh, different things unfolding in the cryptocurrency community. Uh, but uh, Roger has uh, 
kind of been exemplified as a kind of divisive figure in the Bitcoin community. So I think it would be even interesting to maybe get Roger on and host a debate and to try to give both sides of uh, the bigger issues that are happening between the bigger kind of crypto wars that we're seeing unfold uh, right now. Uh, what's the next super chat? Jesse Schmidt, in America, we eat apple pie. And uh, yes, we do eat apple pie, Jesse, but I also eat the cherry pie and, again, the pudding pie. I can't believe that I'm the only person that eats the pudding pie on Thanksgiving. I like That just that. sounds weird, dude. What? I, weird. I don't understand why pudding pie sounds weird. Everybody loves pudding pie. Avatar's another one of our uh, great members. I just think of American pie when, when you... The... But he bangs an apple pie in American pie, not a pudding pie. <laughs> yeah, but it's just... It's warm just, apple just pie. move on. Okay, let's... You think that is bad? Wait until we get social credit scores like China. Believe me, we're going to be going over it's one of the weak stories as it, the numbers are becoming clearer and clearer with that social credit score in China. Uh, you are going to get denied for financing your Google searches. Well, that's why we encourage people to use VPNs if they really want um, an, a, an extra layer of privacy. I can't guarantee it's completely private. But, for instance, but, but, there's, uh, but there's even crackdowns on VPNs inside of China right now. China is really hammering down. Uh, that's one of the videos that I have lined up that I'm going to do specifically about the new updates with, of course, the new China uh, social credit score expanding throughout uh, its population and affecting more people who, are they, who they are denying the ability to fly. Um, that is expanding, that is growing, and guess what? It's here also in another corporatist way with uh, even iPhones uh, coming out saying that they secretly record your trust score based on the interactions and phone calls you have. Uh, we're seeing Google also work very closely with the sensors and establishing their own kind of search engine, which of course will censor a lot of the information that the Chinese government wants um from away from its citizens and this is a service that google of course uh is going to be giving to other countries including the united states because if you think about it, they already drew the line do they care about profit or do they care about the free flow of information no they care about profit and will censor information for more profit they're doing it right now in china and if they're doing it in china they're of course going to do it here in the united states without a doubt so expect more censorship ex expect more social credit scores and expect me traveling more around the world like i already am giving you a full breakdown about what countries are best to move to away from all the hooey that's happening here in the united states and other authoritarian places like the united kingdom uh, so uh, if you're a member, uh, you'll, you'll get all that information coming soon as well. With so much work lined up for us. Okay, uh, what else do we have here, Jason? Yeah, we got one more. It's just Partially Human has now just become a new member as we were talking about it. So now Partially Human, uh, go over to those community posts and you'll be able to see those great interviews with uh, Josh Sigurdsson of World Alternative Media. And like you said, Luke, we're going to be releasing a lot of privatized videos for members, donors, and patrons. And that wraps it up. And Luke, would you like to begin today's main story? Well, the main story has actually just been developing a few moments ago, and it's a very, very serious situation. As even just a few days ago, we had a Ukrainian general predict that there's going to be a, quote, a big war right at the Sea of Azov. And right now, 
there was a major escalation that happened right in the Sea of Azov as this Ukrainian general warned that needs to be taken very seriously. This is not a minor thing that just happened out of the blue. This is a major thing that historically has been happening with the ramping up of tensions between the Ukrainian people and, of course, the people of Russia, as even yesterday was the 85th year anniversary, the 85th year mark, where Joseph Stalin started a famine inside of Ukraine that killed an estimated 4 to 10 million people. The bad blood between Ukraine and Russia is there, has existed for a very long time, and is only escalating to very dangerous proportions. That anger from Eastern Europeans against Russia is palpable. We felt it. I felt it myself when I was in Poland uh, just a little bit over a week ago during, of course, the big Polish national parade there. And there was, of course, a huge sentiment against Russia. That sentiment exploded to a big uh, crescendo, of course, during the Ukrainian revolution that happened a few years ago, where the Ukrainian government went from being a pro-Russian government towards a more gov- uh, a more friendly government towards the European Union and NATO. And with that revolution that happened a few years ago, the United States, the European Union, of course, had invested interest in it. So did Russia. There was a lot of manipulation. There was a lot of pushing uh, and supporting of both sides by these two world powers trying to, of course, influence Ukraine, which is geopolitically situated in a very key strategic area. It is directly right on the border of Russia and, of course, all over uh, the eastern bloc of uh, the European continent. And it is a major battling ground that is becoming more tense as the situation in the sea is becoming to a a moment where right now there are direct conflicts happening between Ukraine and Russia. And these tensions have been building for quite a long time, especially ever since Russia, of course, built their latest bridge connecting Crimea to the Russian mainland. And that's why this standoff between these two countries has been escalating, especially with Russia. Uh, did detaining and stopping a lot of Ukrainian ships along this major strategic trade route. If you watch any of our videos, we always talk about how historically all the major wars, all the major conflict zones happen, happen around major trade routes. And this is a major trade route where tensions between Ukrainian ships and Russian military ships have been building within the last few days. And they escalated towards today where people are saying there's a huge potential for huge large-scale war because of this very important strategic point that Russia captured a few years ago right on the sea where Crimea is located. The situation is only becoming more aggravated, and there are going to be more inspections, more seizing of boats, which have happened before uh, by Russia in this very key strategic region. Uh, As we know, Russia has deployed some of its military along this new Crimea bridge, bridging this new Russian territory together with the Russian mainland, which neoconservatives and U.S. mainstream journalists a few months ago actually called for the bombing of. 
There's neoconservatives and U.S. journalists in the United States. As soon as this bridge was built by Russia, connecting the Russian, Russian mainland to Crimea, said specifically all over the mainstream media, let's just bomb it. Let's make sure Ukraine attacks this very key strategic uh, bridge that Putin specifically built to establish uh, this trade route alongside Crimea. Um, and obviously, with the tensions building, even a few days ago, the United Kingdom declared that they're going to be sending a series of military boats to conduct military exercises in that specific region in order to back up the Ukrainian ships in that region. And with that happening, we already have very strong hyperbolic language in the United Kingdom where we have UK generals coming out saying that Russia is far bigger of a threat than ISIS and Al-Qaeda is. So the fear-mongering, the escalating of tensions, has already been happening before the incident that just happened moments ago that crescendoed it, that escalated it. And as we are hearing that uh, Ukrainian ships were just damaged uh, after being shot at and rammed at by Russian military boats. We actually have some of that video that was captured, and that's why we are getting confirmation from Russia themselves that uh, they have seized three vessels that they actually shot at where three Ukrainian uh, citizens were actually injured in, and they have been giving them medical assistance and have captured the boats uh, and have closed off that very key strategic area. And this is why the Ukrainian president right now is calling for an emergency session with, of course, his war cabinet. We're seeing other talks of the Ukrainian Air Force being placed in full combat readiness. And we're also hearing that Ukraine is ready to declare martial law after this latest sea clash that happened between the Ukrainian Navy and, of course, the Russian Navy just moments ago. Ukraine, of course, is saying that this is an act of war and that the ships are still seized by Russia. And, of course, the European Union is taking this very seriously, telling everyone to please to act on utmost restraint and to try to de-escalate the situation because, overall, this is a situation that there's a great chance for war. We have to understand this is a violent naval confrontation that happened between two powers that have been at each other's throat for a very long time. Even currently, there is still fighting happening inside of Ukraine, especially in the territory that is being disputed between Ukrainians who are more favorable towards Russia and, of course, Ukrainians who are backed by the government who want their territory. Russia has been supporting the pro-Russian side inside of Ukraine where there are still battles taking place. People have to understand there's still conflict happening between these factions, between uh, Ukraine as a proxy with, of course, the United States representing NATO and the European Union pushing Ukraine to be more favorable towards them. And Russia, of course, trying to galvanize most of that territory, knowing that they lost Ukraine. They are still using it as a strategic place to test United States hegemony. And, of course, the United States will see this as an act of aggression. You could definitely bet your bottom dollar that the United States is going to be uh, responding here in one way or another. Because guess what? 
the United States and Russia, even though you won't get this from the mainstream media, because on the mainstream media, they'll tell you that the U.S. government, that Donald Trump is in bed, that he's cozy with Vladimir Putin. That could be further than the truth because of Donald Trump's very aggressive neocon-influenced actions against Russia, whether in Ukraine, whether in the bigger Middle East policy, whether it's against Iran, whether it's supporting Saudi Arabia. Every step of the way, under the presidency of Donald Trump, he has been more aggressive than even his predecessor, Barack Obama. Even just a couple weeks ago, he's talking about scrapping the nuclear treaty with Russia that was started after the Cold War to bring peace between the two nations, which, of course, many people are saying brings us closer to a bigger conflict between Russia and the United States to even a point where just a few days ago there was actual talk within Russia talking about sending Russian troops and nuclear weapons to Cuba because the United States is sending uh, and supporting their military forces, their military bases all along Russia's bases. And Trump has gone way further than Barack Obama has ever had or even dared to go and has even armed Ukraine with lethal weapons. Donald Trump armed Ukraine with anti-tank missiles, which, of course, greatly angered Russia. This, of course, is a proxy conflict. It's the testing of American hegemony, which is going to be happening during the 21st century. If you look at the bigger geopolitical picture, if you look and study into what has been happening in international relations, this is a conflict that is bound to happen. Will it be a bigger conflict, a bigger world war? I don't think so. The way I see this happening is, of course, smaller proxy wars that challenge the U.S. world supremacy, uh, world reserve currency, power, petrodollar mindset that has been so established. And this is why the century of the 21st century, the next hundred years, will be the challenging of that hegemony. And Ukraine is a key component to it. So is Syria. So is Poland. That's why Poland is talking about building another base there. So is Iran. And expect these conflicts to escalate uh, to a point of very dangerous proportions. Because guess what? They're already in very dangerous proportions, which we have been warning you about and telling you about for a very long time. Again, just watch all of our previous videos. We always talk about Look out for Ukraine. Look out for Poland. Look out for Iran. Look out for Syria. Look out specifically for the major trade route that China is trying to also galvanize and protect in the South uh, Asian Sea. Russia is doing the same thing, and today's actions is only a further testament of what we've been saying for a very long time, is that these world powers will keep colliding, there will be more proxy wars, this will lead to more of a destruction of relations, which of course you'll never hear about in the mainstream media. But that's why we do these videos, to give you a clear perspective on this bigger geopolitical picture that you won't get anywhere else. Very complicated picture, but a picture that hopefully we made a lot clearer for you with this video. So yeah, that's my take on it, Jason. Well, you know, the only thing I really want to add, because I think that you, you nailed it on the head, is that it's not just United States hegemony, it's globalist philosophy. Um, Russia, in many ways, losing the Ukraine, losing Crimea, they don't feel like they're really separate entities. They really feel like, hey, they're part of us. And like you said, within, um, Within uh, Ukraine, there are many people that feel that way as well, Luke. They actually feel like they're more of a part of the Russian culture than, say, this culture that has left them. So when 
you know, the United States starts getting encircled by more NATO nations when Georgia, that used to be a part of Russia, um, goes over their border in 2008 and the media starts reporting that Russia has attacked Georgia. It's, it's no wonder that these military conflicts exist. Now, on the other flip side of that, like you just said, Luke, waterways... Well, let me just, let me, before you get to that point, Russia did lose Crimea, uh, lost their influence over Crimea when the Ukrainian revolution happened, uh, but they got it back. Uh, some people accuse them of using force to get Crimea back, which of course spurred the United States to launch more sanctions uh, against Russia. And this is uh, the sanctions that have continued and deterred the situation between these two world powers uh, even more because of a greater agreement. After the Cold War, uh, Russia always, uh, the, the former USSR always had an agreement saying, yeah, you guys, you know, stay away, stop trying to influence our area. And that definitely has been broken because there have been EU, NATO, U.S. interests towards pushing Ukraine towards, of course, more of their side, more of their kind of um, alliance against Russia. Russia sees that as a huge threat. That's why they took over Crimea. And it's a major strategic route uh, that, of course, this conflict is happening over right now. Yeah, and let's talk about trade routes, because trade routes are really what eventually lead into um, military conflicts and hot wars. And we showed you the video. There is no doubt uh, a Russian ship did indeed ram um, one of these Ukraine vessels. It's pretty intense. Now, how much uh, firing went on? You know, I watched some videos. Basically, they're saying, look, they're not allowed to go through these trade routes. They actually went and got a civilian um, tanker or uh, aircraft carrier and blocked off the entire trade route right now. So now we're in sort of a standoff, Luke. Uh, the question is where it goes from here, because obviously force is not something that Russia is shy to use. Uh, but, you know, I just also want to reiterate this last point. You watch Rachel Maddow on MSNBC and a bunch of these other mainstream media clowns, and they literally tell you that Putin has a Trump puppet on his lap, and he is making him say and do everything he wants. Well, personally, I think it is an insane move to move away from our nuclear arms treaty that we've established since the Cold War. And the media basically barely reported on it, and when they did, nobody took Trump to task on it. You know why? Because it doesn't make him look like a Putin puppet. And it's just another example of how controlled and contrived and scripted our mainstream media system is, Luke. Yeah, the mainstream media is disgusting. They praised him for bombing Syrian government forces twice. They said that this is very presidential, that this is great. But, but, but they're told, and then at the same time, again, I don't understand why anyone would ever cater to the mainstream media. They're the most duplicitous, two-faced, lying, son of a gun, asinine, dirty, disgusting rats that you could ever have on the face of this uh, human existence that we all share. They're the worst entities in all of our lives. Uh, they're the ones causing all these problems. 
because at one time they're like, yeah, it's great. He's finally bringing us closer to a more proxy wars, more death, more uh, chances of a bigger war between the United States and Russia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at the same time, a couple minutes ago, they put put on the advertising for adult diapers and all the other pharmaceutical crap and all the GMO garbage that they try to feed down your throat. And then they come back after the break and they're like, yeah, so uh, yeah, Trump is uh, definitely a puppet of Putin. At the same time, having absolutely no dignity or even cognition of their duplicitous ideologies that absolutely make no sense they have no uh credibility at all i don't know how they 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 even get away with all the stuff that they get away with but people need to realize here they have no credibility they keep time and time again proving how absolutely idiotic moralist unvalued bunch of i can't curse but just Oh, I want to curse so bad. Give me some good words here, Jason. Um, I don't know what good words to give you since I give usually some, have... Give me some good old old person words. What, what do they say in the country? The con... <laughs> con I don't know, man. What are, what are we they, curse. What do they, they say on the farm? The farm. I, I, you know, I couldn't tell you, brother. But I, you know what Fuddle I can... Waddle. <laughs> the mainstream media are filled with... Fuddle Waddle. Fuddle Waddle. Okay. I can tell you that uh, Daniel Charney has Fuddle given sticks. us... A, rel- uh, a relevant super chat. Thank you so much uh, for the uh, $5, Daniel. What kind of war will this conflict spawn, Luke? The threat of nuclear weapons has changed warfare. Will this be a restrained conflict uh, or all out? I think restrained. I think uh, the only time you're going to see uh, nuclear missiles or that type is when the big boys start fighting each other and actually start hitting their land. In other words, a.k.a. Uh, Russia shooting missiles into the United Kingdom or the United States and vice versa. I don't think that this, at, at least in its fashion now, has any chance of escalating uh, into a nuclear conflict. Do you, Luke? Daniel Charney, great question. Uh, I really appreciate the insightful uh, question that you asked. And uh, it's a very important one because this could go in many <laughs> different ways. Personally, from observing the situation, looking to what happened at the original kind of Ukrainian revolution, it could get just as bad as Ukraine. Uh, that wouldn't surprise me if that would happen. Um, other than uh, that, that, that's, that to me, in my own personal opinion, is the worst that it could get. And that's very, very bad. Um, the the kind of understanding of mutually assured destruction it will definitely uh, prevent these countries from going at it one on one. But the proxy war system uh, is um, the, the more kind of best way uh, for these countries to fight. Uh, over their kind of resource battles, over, of course, their hegemony that they seek. So I, of course, will see the United States and NATO arming a lot of the Ukrainian forces, and the Russians will, of course, support the separatists inside of Ukraine. And uh, the, the, the smallest um, kind of, the, the smallest scenario that I see unfolding here is uh, what we saw in 2015, with the conflict in Donbass, and uh, that to me is the smallest scenario, somewhat like in 2015 in Donbass, that could unfold here. Uh, so I would I would judge it on that kind of scale. Uh, but very good question. There's another question by Jesse Schmidt saying, "What was in the Ukrainian vessels?" Now uh, we don't know exactly what was in the Ukrainian vessels. Russia has actually captured these Ukrainian vessels. It looks like it was one tugboat and two. 
kind of little miniature destroyer boats. I'm not exactly sure and exactly the military hardware that the Russians have um, confiscated. But of course, uh, whatever was in there and anything was sinister, you bet you definitely bet your bottom dollar that the Russian media will definitely be running uh, with that story. But as far as uh, anything being sinister or uh, done underhandedly, uh, we'll, of course, we'll get more reports as the situation uh, will unfold. But it definitely looks like um, Russia and Ukraine both kind of escalating the situation, whether accidentally, but uh, it definitely looks like both sides are not backing down here, and uh, it's only going to get worse from here. Uh, we have another super chat by P- Chris Primer. Are you still there, Jason? I am. I am. Hogwash. The journalists are filled with hogwash. That's another one. We could have used that one, Jason. Come on. Yeah, okay. Tomfoolery, Johnny Nonsense. So we, we, we could fill go. it up with a lot of things, my friend. We could fill well, it what's up. A really nasty way, what's a really nasty thing to call the mainstream media that, that's not a curse word? I, I don't know, man. I, I like uh, pig virus and pig vomit from the uh, Stern days. Those are really good. Uh, pig they, vomit they are, media? What's that? I, I, they, they're Magma. vomitos. The shmagma media. Shmagma don't media. Don't Google shmagma. I can't do that. <laughs> I refuse. Right, that's, that's my take. That's my take on exactly what's happening in Ukraine. Uh, anything else you want to say about the specific issue, Jason? No, I think we've we've went over it. Uh, hopefully, it does not escalate and cooler heads prevail. But again, they are blocking a trade route. Russia is very adamant. Uh, they don't like what's happening to them. I I see this. I see this drawing out over the next couple of weeks. I think there's going to be some stuff going on. Hopefully, we don't wake up to a hot military conflict, Luke. Uh, it's it, If it is, it's going to be a localized one. It's going to be one that happens with Ukraine as the proxy, um, the proxy territory where this happens. And uh, you, I, I'll bet your bottom dollar that it's definitely going to increase in Donbass. It's definitely going to increase in uh, the Russian-supported Ukrainian territories. Um, but I don't see it going further than uh, the kind of proxy war that we saw in, uh, in Syria. Uh, so that's my take on it. Uh, let me know if you think I'm correct or if you think I'm wrong. Thank you, Chris Primer, for the super chat. And uh, let's move on to the next story. And that, of course, is what is happening right now in Tijuana and in San Diego, which, by the way, I am going to tomorrow morning. Uh, so if you guys know anyone there on the ground, if there's any specific things you want me to look for, you want me to cover, let me know. I'm going to be covering everything primarily through uh, my Instagram. Uh, follow me on uh, Luke We Are Change on Instagram. I will be posting little short stories of me there and what I'm up to uh, when I go there tomorrow morning. Still got a pack, still got a whole bunch of stuff. But, uh, Jason, there's been a lot of crazy developments on the San Diego-Tijuana border uh, today. Yeah. Uh, if you're if you're watching this video right now, uh, we're gonna play it. But a couple weeks ago, you know, we had some breakouts, and on that Tijuana border, uh, there were people. There were small videos of some people uh, jumping the fence, going over the border wall. And right now, what you're watching is a group of what appear to be hundreds uh, going to that same border wall. Some people documenting it from uh, the bridge right next to it. And, and the bottom line is, Luke. These people never had any real intention of doing it the right way and becoming refugees. And I'm not, you know, this is a topic I don't talk about often, Luke. For instance, you know, I understand. This is a very divisive topic. And and we got to understand here, we got to do our dual diligence here and and give both sides of the 
the story because you could spin this in so many different ways. You could spin this as pro-migration, anti-migration. You could say that there's only a bunch of thieving criminals there. You could say it's only mothers and children. There's so much manipulation when it comes to the left-wing media and the right-wing media that I think we really have a good opportunity here to provide a good job by providing all of the sides and going there and showing you on the ground exactly what's happening, which is better than all the other manipulative uh, selective facts that people throw at you with this big divisive issue. Yeah, I think you're 100% correct because people are people. And it's not like this is a, a gang of uh, gang members that have broken out from the ghettos and the prison system and they're coming to wreak havoc on the United States. And it's also not a caravan of single mothers with babies coming across the border. The truth is obviously somewhere in the middle. And when I was just talking about how it really looked like they weren't looking for asylum. You have to remember, Mexico, although they did not offer them asylum, Luke, about a month ago, uh, they offered temporary permits to caravan migrants seeking asylum. So they were going to give them work permits and let them go through the system if that's really what they wanted to do. But the bottom line for is... asylum in Mexico. What's that? Yes, asylum. Well... They would let them seek asylum, both, I think, fill out the paperwork in Mexico and then seek asylum the right way in the United States. So you would have the working permits. You'd be able to stay in Mexico. Now, earlier today, uh, and I believe yesterday it was first being reported, Trump started tweeting out that he had secured a deal where Mexico would end catch and release uh, the asylum seekers would then wait in Mexico, and then one by one, it would be a case-by-case -case basis. Basically, what we have for immigration now, right, Luke? But that didn't happen. Um, as soon as that mainstream story went out, Mexico's new government says, no deal! <laughs> no deal, Luke. No deal with U.S. on asylum seekers. And, and this is another thing that's really been played up big time in the mainstream media. Remember when Vicente Fox cousin of George W. Bush, former Mexican president, said, F you, Mr. Trump, F you, we will not build your wall, F you, we, I, you they put me on television stations, I talk, I am hero, aha! And you actually, I believe, way back in the day, uh, maybe eight, nine years ago, uh, confronted Vicente Fox about... Um, I talked to Vicente Fox twice yes. uh, on this YouTube channel. So there's twice very illuminating conversations that I had with him. I remember the first one, I was absolutely shocked at the answers he was giving me. Uh, the second interview wasn't, I don't think it was about immigration, but it was about uh, a different, I think it was a banking topic or, or a medical marijuana topic uh, that we talked to him about. I'm not sure, but uh, just look up We Are Change and uh, uh, Vicente Fox and you'll find uh, mind-blowing interviews that I did with him. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, yeah, yeah, I interviewed him when he was president of Mexico, and that was a that was a big interview yeah. uh, that we got. You know what? Uh, to Vicente Fox's credit, I may not agree with the man or many of his policies, or you know, I just clowned him a little bit. He did talk to you in a civil manner. Uh, he didn't have thugs come up to you and pull you away. He gave you real answers. Uh, it, it's it, it's it's a good conversation. I, I encourage people yeah, to go I check came it. up to him and I was like, I'm going to get him really good. I'm going to ask him some really hard questions, and I was expecting to get thrown out and like uh roughed up by security guards and he was like no okay let's talk about this you're challenging me let's go um and i appreciate that and he was open uh he was a man about it he was able to have a good discussion um and uh it was a very beneficial conversation that i think was uh illuminating if you let me use that word uh to both sides
you globalist shill using that word. Oh, you you've shown your true well, colors today, you Freemason. I was making uh, fun, I was I was just making fun of my friend because she posted some kind of like weird symbolic picture. I was like, Are you part of the Illuminati? Um and then obviously the words and I was like and just got into Illuminati and stop illuminating. Oh, Illuminati me. Illuminati. <laughs> was she a Tinder date friend, Luke? Listen, I don't want to get no. into it on the uh, conversation. Real life. Real life friend. Real life friend. Not all Tinder here. Tinder is horrible, by the way. It's uh, absolutely just, just, it is, it is like walking into, I'm not even going to say it. Uh, let's just, what were you saying, Jason? Basically, I was about to wrap this up. The bottom line is, I feel for these people, Luke. I really do. Um, but they are being used, whether they know it or not, for a greater political agenda of open borders, of integration, of not only Mexico system but Canada or uh, but Canada system because it's really about globalization. It's all about a you know a North American Union bringing us all together. That's why they wouldn't let Britain and the United Kingdom get out of uh, the EU because it's all about globalization. So the more that we have conflicts like this, we pit the left against the right, and we can't have a real conversation because, again, on one side, it's all single mothers and babies and hard workers that just need a, a chance, and on the other side, it's gang members and rapists and murderers. And, again, the truth is somewhere in between, but I'm a firm believer that if you do want to come into this country, you have to go through the system that is set up. And that's why that other people that aren't from South America, that aren't from Mexico, that are from places like Australia and Vietnam and Thailand, they have a hell of a time getting their green card, Luke, even when they go. And it's it's a task. They have to adhere to this culture. And I think that's a good idea. I don't know. Maybe I'm nuts. I, I don't like government, and of course you like government and border walls, and I disagree with you, but that's a whole other discussion that I think should be a whole video in, in itself uh, because it definitely leaves a lot of complexing issues uh, and uh, ideological fallacies to uh, galvanize and to, to uh, fathom when it comes to this kind of bigger discussion. But whatever your agenda is, these people are perfect for uh, people on the left wing or right wing to use them to push whatever they want uh, out there. And, uh, you know, that's really the sad reality of this fact. The truth, again, is somewhere in the middle. Uh, it's very hard to find honest reporting. And I think that's why I want to make it out there. The footage of what happened today uh, right at the border crossing is just absolutely, uh, you know, terrifying and stunning at the same time. Uh, you know, there's this insane image of this woman and, and two little small children. Uh, there's tear gas going everywhere. There's people rushing the fences. Uh, you know, it's 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 an intense situation to where the border's closed right now. Uh, in that specific region, uh, they closed down the border so people can't go in and out uh, in any way that they want. So this is only going to escalate further. There's people even in Tijuana, Mexicans protesting the caravan of people that arrived there from other Latin American countries. There's also the bigger issue of American foreign policy and how they propped up a lot of revolutions and banana republics and uh, had a lot of dictators and uh, just horrible, horrible policies committed by the United States that created a lot of the atrocious situations that a lot of these people are escaping. I think that is also a valid fact. And again, the truth is, uh, of this entire situation, it, it's not a left wing, it's not a right wing thing. It's, it's a real human thing. And we should never lose sight of the actual human beings being affected by this and to take this matter uh, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a way where 
uh, emotions don't get the best of us, but we still realize that, uh, you know, we as human beings are important no matter what our race or nationality is, and we need to do things with a common sense approach, not an approach from uh, a globalist or corporatist perspective, which a lot of people have been coming out of and also uh, taking advantage of immigrants. Because as we know, uh, you know, when, when people immigrate to a new country, they, they sometimes come here illegally and uh, the corporatists and the big companies take them in. They work for slave labor. They work for less than an American would. They give them no, no job protections and they're treated like crap working 70 hour weeks. Um, and uh, re really, that's a whole nother. Again, I'm, I'm bringing up so many different factors here, but I think all of those factors are relative to this bigger discussion. And uh, depending on which one you heard me say or when you tuned in, you're going to have a different uh, emotional reaction to me. Uh, but I think it's important to challenge the status quo, to challenge the two narratives here, and to understand that um, sometimes they both make sense, sometimes they're absolutely full of crap. Uh, so that's my perspective on it. If you disagree with me, let me know why. So I'm just going to go through the three super chats that are right on this subject, Luke. Yeah. Uh, Jesse Schmidt says, Jason, and by the way, Jesse is a member as well. We always appreciate his super chats. He's a great supporter of this program. Thank you, Jesse. Jason, have you Thank made you your so much. yes? Yeah. Have you made your sales pitch to Trump about crowdsource funding uh, the uh, labor for the wall yet? I have a month of vacation to burn. I have not, Jesse. But if you can put me, what, in what was your idea again, Jason? Yeah, throw it up on the GoFundMe. You know, you throw it up on the GoFundMe. We'll fund that sucker in a second. Uh, but again, I'm not looking for scary. Gaza Strip, Palestine, Israeli wall. I'm looking for Mall of America, Super Center, stopping at Dave and Buster's on your way through the border wall. I know that Luke just shakes his head and says that I'm in dream world. Hey, but there are happy compromises, folks. I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh, the wall could keep I don't people... think the Dave and Buster wall is going to be effective in any way, shape, or form. But again, uh, different opinions. Jason is for the wall. I am not for the wall. But sorry, continue on. No, I, I, again, I just, I, I know how it looks. I know how it sounds. I get it. But the bottom line is we've got troops all over the world. If we just took half the troops we have in South Korea on the North Korean border where things are actually going well, despite what the mainstream media is telling you, we would have no problem creating, manning, building this wall in the vision of Jason Burmis. I'm just saying. Anyway, so James P. says check out Amy Horowitz's video. Uh, she went and uh, spent a week in uh, with the caravan. 98% were men of working age. Uh, great work. Keep it up. I'll definitely have to check that out. I have not seen her work, but we'll check it out. Vinny Blanco. Yeah, this you, is James P. I'm definitely going to check it out. I'm definitely going to be there tomorrow on the ground uh, seeing exactly what's happening there. Uh, Vinny Blanco, uh, he disagrees with me, obviously. Per U.S. law, you can apply for asylum anywhere on U.S. territory and not just a port of entry, and that is the right way. Now, let me just say this. Vinny, I not only sympathize with these people because of the way their country is, but how we helped make their country in the 80s, okay, with our involvement with drug trafficking in Central America, with our involvement of militarizing the Sandinistas. I get it. We're not great. A lot of these people probably have the right to come here. But I'll bet you anything the majority of the people on the caravan are not people that were directly affected from, uh, you know, the 80s Contra movements and whatnot. That's, that's my only point. Because, again, Luke, we've done horrendous things in Central and South America. And when I say we, 
our government. Yeah. And when I say our government, I mean the black ops programs that George H.W. Bush and his cronies like Oliver North, who writes books and is on television every single day and on the radio and praised as a hero, did to that country. Or did, did well, to that of course, region. Of course, of course, Jason, you say our government since <laughs> you are a statist and you do believe in government, so it makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, I tried to, I tried to really wheel that through, and you just couldn't let me have it, huh? I even corrected myself when I when I said it really wasn't people, our government. People in the comment section, one of our members said, uh, "Illuminati plan for global glo- uh, governance includes no borders." Luke, I, I, again, again, natural philosopher, the people commenting again, don't take uh, like what, what like what argument I make on this issue for me to be on one specific side. I am not on any specific side. Trust me, I know how corporatists and globalists are using immigration for their benefit and taking advantage of them. That's something that I was just talking about. And that's an issue that does need to be considered when talking about this bigger debate here, as well as U.S. intervention and U.S. foreign policy, which is something that usually people on the left. I think both are true, and I think both have to be acknowledged by the bigger public and take every situation by a case-by-case basis, which is kind of happening with uh, this kind of uh, you know seeking of asylum. Yep. All right. So we got one more super chat, my man. And this is again from Jesse Schmidt, another funny one. Uh, resurrect the crypto market. Invent the Trump coin to fund the wall, too. And let me tell you, a, a Trump crypto would be huge. <laughs> it would be mega. Can you imagine the ICO, especially if Trump got behind it? And it wouldn't even have to be Donald Trump or even Donald Trump Jr. or even Eric Trump. It could literally be like third cousin Wilcox Trump. <laughs> behind the Trump ICO and it would it would go super mega nova viral. What do you think, Luke? I don't think it would go supernova mega viral, <laughs> especially with what's been happening in the crypto market and how coins who have absolutely no value are tanking and have been propped up with all the FOMO and FUD uh, that we have seen in this uh, kind of new economic system that is still developing and crashing at the same time. Uh, so no, I don't think it would do good. You know who's selling the Trump coin though? Our old friend, who I disagree with now, uh, but someone who has been, uh, you, know, you know him personally, I know him personally too, and that is uh, Gary Franchi, the Franchinator of, uh, what was it, Next News Network? Now he's doing, it is the Next News Network. He's selling a Trump coin. Yes. I'm like, oh, geez, Louise. It's silver. Gary, At least it's not, a, it's not a crypto coin. It's a silver <laughs> I coin. I love Gary. Um, we go way back. We haven't talked in a while. Obviously, we have diverging political opinions, but uh, there's already a Trump coin, Jason. Yeah, well, of course, you know they always do. There was a Ron Paul Liberty coin. I think I've got a couple of them back, you know, like back in my closet or whatever. At least it's silver, and if you don't agree with this policy, you can melt it down, and uh, you can go with the Hillary Clinton coin. We got one more super chat on this subject, Luke. The Hillary Clinton coin will rob you of money. (laughs) Negative value. It sends you to Haiti on a train uh, into Uh, the ocean. Anyway, (laughs) I am on the fence about the wall. This is from Soleil. Thank you so much. Um, for the $5 Super Chat. I'm originally from Columbia, South America, and came legally to the U.S. many years ago. So there you have uh, somebody who went through the process. She's on the fence. She's from South America. Uh, It it shows you that not everybody who's come here um, is for unlimited, unfettered immigration as well. In fact, a lot of people that work to come here are, you know, she's on the fence, but a lot of people are going to say, hey, I worked really hard to get here. I did it the right way. I expect others to do it that way, too. And you I, know, mean, I, I don't know if that's yeah, good I either. personally had to take the test to uh, gain American citizenship. Not a lot of people know this, but 
uh, I also, you know, went through the process. But uh, as far as the wall, to me, it's just uh, impractical. Uh, most of immigration happens from airplanes and people overstaying their visas. Uh, and I, and uh, like the wall thing, I don't know. It's just to me a waste of time, a waste of money. Uh, you could easily prevent that with, uh, you know, border control. But again, there's a whole bigger discussion that needs to be had here. Maybe we could even have a whole debate uh, about borders and globalists and corporatists uh, that I think would be important here. But thank you so much, Soul A, for the super chat. Anything else you want to say about that, Jason? No, let's uh, let's move on to Monday's story. You want to start hitting them? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So now we're going to go over Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays stories. Uh, yes, let's go over all of them. Jason, you, you could start it right off. So here we have Ivanka Trump. And you only heard this lightly. I was kind of surprised that this did not um, get more coverage in the mainstream media earlier this week. She said that she used a private email account to discuss government business. And obviously this has parallels to the quote-unquote Hillary uh, Clinton investigation and her admitting she had a private server. Now, why is this a big deal to me? Well... We're now on the better part of two and a half, three weeks that it's being reported by The Observer and others that Mueller has dozens, not one, not two, not five, not ten, not twenty, dozens, that's multiple dozens, that's 24 minimum, indictments. Now, how would you go for the jugular on Donald Trump? Now, I would think that Don Jr., Eric, those would be big targets, but Don might say the men. They can handle it themselves, you know, let it play out. I don't think so about his baby girl. You know, Ivanka is the apple of his eye. You can absolutely tell she is his favorite. It's been said as such in so many publications. And if Mueller has an indictment ready to go on Ivanka Trump for any reason whatsoever, I think that's a game changer, Luke. Do you think that this is wishful thinking? Do you think that this is a possibility? Is this a che- is this a 7D chess move from Robert Mueller and the deep state? What is this? And, re- and remember, this story was floated around... Uh, this one came out, you know, right in the beginning of the week, Luke, and you re- haven't heard much about it. Well, I, it, I saw a lot about it Monday, but uh, nothing since. But it also came out that she didn't delete any of them. She wasn't keeping any of them secret, and then she did make them public from what I'm aware of. Uh, so to me, this was just a few emails that she says she sent out and that she made public. Uh, so, uh, I mean, obviously they're going to investigate, obviously Robert Mueller is looking for every little aspect that he can go after people, uh, especially within Trump's administration for, uh, and, uh, you can bet your bottom dollar, um, what we've have seen already, uh, which, which to me is just ridiculous. What, I mean, he's going after people for making false statements and tax evasion, uh, there's no Russian collusion. I haven't seen any Russian collusion. I highly doubt he's going to find any Russian collusion. He's going to find a little small stuff, and that's why there's so many indictments because of all those small uh, things that happen that uh, absolutely have no relevance and happen every single day. And it's selective targeting, and it needs to be called out. And I am not a fan of Donald Trump, but what's happening here is a very unfair persecution of him by Robert Mueller, a very political one. I agree 100%, and this is us defending Donald Trump. However, let's take him to task because after all, Tulsi Gabbard correctly identified Donald Trump this, this Tuesday week. Tuesday's story. Let's yes. bring this up. Tuesday, this story developed. And uh, what happened Tuesday? Well, Tulsi Gabbard, probably uh, my favorite person in Congress, her and uh, 
Rand Paul on the other side of the spectrum need to form a super team. Uh, <laughs> I got to tell you, that, that's, a, that's a winning political ticket. Call Trump what he is. Saudi Arabia's bitch in a tweet where she said, "Can we say, can we say the B word? Is the B word okay?" Listen, I, it's prime time. I see, I, I see bitch now on the Cartoon Network, bro. Like it, it's, it's not even uh, the S word is is basically uh, the one that you didn't want to say earlier is basically prime time at this point. But yeah, she correctly right? identified. We, we say batch. We, we say it in different ways. I think. I think. All right, we'll call him Biznitch. She said... Biznitch? Yes, that... Saudi Arabia's Biznitch? Yes, that the Trumpster is Saudi Arabia's Biznitch, and it's Bizness, as usual, with Saudi Arabia. And nice pun. What? Oh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I got to tell you, Luke, you look at everything that's going on, Khashoggi, um, arms deals, Yemen, it's pretty clear. Yeah, Trump played the Saudi card on the run-up to the election, said they were involved in 9-11, got his base all riled up. Tomorrow's news today was saying, we're going to find out the truth about 9-11. It's going to happen. This man is a hero. I will comb his hair with my eyeballs. He is a gentleman. (laughs) And he will tell us the truth. None of that happened. And... The bottom line is Saudi Arabia has horrendous, horrendous, horrendous track records for human rights abuses. They are not a good nation. We need to uninvolve ourselves with them. But we won't because there are bigger agendas at play, as you often talk about. This is about having large nation states that are our military allies in that region, Saudi Arabia, Israel, obviously, we've dominated Iraq. Well, Donald Trump, uh, I'm sorry for cutting you off, but Donald Trump came out just a few days ago and said, we need to be Saudi Arabia's ally because if we're not allied with Saudi Arabia, Israel wouldn't exist. We're doing this for Israel. This is what Donald Trump said. I actually retweeted that video. A partisan girl actually tweeted it, the original one. I retweeted her. Uh, It's on my Twitter account, uh, Luke We Are Change, on Twitter. Uh, Just scroll through the feed. And uh, shocking video from Donald Trump saying, yeah, we're allies with Saudi Arabia just for Israel. Uh, major, major, uh, you know, news that, uh, of course, a lot of people haven't picked up on. Well, it's definitely, uh, I, I think that's part of it. But again, I think it's also, Luke, a part of the fact that, again, our military alignment, Israel, Saudi Arabia, we've taken over Afghanistan, we've taken over Iraq. Uh, all three of uh, these nations are now enemies with what? Iran. You know, Pakistan has been... You know, back and forth, but overall our military ally ever since the late 70s when we revamped their ISI, their uh, intelligence service, their basically their CIA with MI5. So when you look at things like this, I don't think our relationship with Saudi Arabia is changing. I don't think our relationship with Israel is changing. And I think that we often put them ahead of America first. And that's why I couldn't agree more with this statement from Tulsi Gabbard. Yeah, yeah, and then Trump said, uh, this is the correct statement, Trump says that U.S. must support Saudi Arabia because there would be no Israel without it. So that's a very big uh, confession uh, that I believe needs more attention than it originally got. Plus, Luke. Uh, so that's you know, Tuesday's story. Yeah, plus, Luke, you know, our, our oil prices are so low, it's like everybody's getting a tax cut. It's a big uh, tax cut from Saudi Arabia. That's another quote from Trump this week. So, again... We're not Trump training, Dick Cheney 2020 in the comments. Man, sometimes I glance over there and I can't help but see, see something. Well, I'm, like, I'm telling you, if Rand Paul and T- Tulsi Gabbard 
uh, if they would run, they would, I would, they would have my vote, and I think they would win. I think they would make absolute perfect sense uh, for the political circus that they're, they're, that we're dealing with that would break a lot of the special interests that control both of the parties. I think if they would come together, uh, it would really, really be something uh, a force to be reckoned with. I think you're uh, absolutely correct. I would love to see people come across the, the aisle and for the first time in history have a Republican and a Democrat run together on a president and vice presidential ticket. That would be outstanding. I don't think it's realistic, but boy, oh boy, fairy tales could come true. They could happen to you. Well, let's just keep talking about it and promoting it and get that uh, getting that idea out there. I think that's important. All right, Wednesday. What happened Wednesday? So this one uh, I, I use as my Wednesday story because it, it harkens back to the murder, and I'm going to call it a murder of Princess Diana. And uh, this is one of the paparazzi, the paparazzi photographers that they tried to pin it on. Remember, they tried to say, oh, she was in a car accident because some people were taking photos, but we lost all of the footage inside the uh, tunnel where she died from CCTV. And basically, this guy just comes up short of saying she was murdered. Uh, Remember, Henri Paul, the uh, father of uh, Jody uh, Fayed, her lover at the time, who was also murdered in that Who's car. Who's also Kishagi's cousin. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, and if you don't know, he's a very rich Egyptian, okay? Um, we're talking billionaire, owns huge, huge stores. Like, th- these are royalties. Yeah. If, if you've never heard his interview on Howard Stern from years ago as the trial was going on, it's a must-listen to. He actually accuses um, Prince Charles of being caught in bed with another man by Prince William, I, I believe. It, it, the interview is incredible. But the, these new details, this guy says that he has photographs of her in the car that have never been released to the public. We've only seen the one photograph of her that's been published. He says that he was intimidated, that people were threatened, that it was the most bizarre thing, and that he absolutely feared for his life. Um, even, I don't know if you know this, Luke, But even Pierce Morgan, who I find utterly repulsive, is as mainstream and bootlicking as it gets, has not only entertained the idea that the royal family murdered uh, Princess Diana and we've been lied to, but went on an old-school documentary that aired on the BBC about it many, many years ago. I think about 15 years ago. So, you know, last week we talked a little bit more about Jonestown. And how we've been deceived about Jonestown. And I thought that it would be a good thing uh, with more information coming out about the Princess Diana murder to come to the realization uh, that the royal family absolutely were involved in her murder. Well, there's so many unanswered questions about what happened to Princess Diana and what she stood for and the bigger threat she posed towards the royal family. Again, the royal family is dirty. Dirtiest. You open up a rug... Uh, there's a lot of dirt. There's a lot of uh, secrets. There's a lot of uh, crap down there that a lot of people don't want you to see. Uh, so um, it's, it'll be interesting to see how uh, this story develops, which, of course, we're going to be following closely. That was Wednesday's story, and this is going to be now Thursday's story, right? Yes, that is correct. And this one is a pretty wild one. So we were talking about that social credit score in China uh, in the beginning of the show, and it has now been revealed just this week that they have blacklisted millions of people from booking flights 
as the social credit system is introduced. And they think they're going to be able to introduce it to 1.3 billion citizens. That's right, all of their citizens uh, by, I believe, August of 2020. They're rolling this system out nationwide. People are not able to travel on planes, to travel on trains, to send their children to private schools, Luke. And in some you know, extreme cases that probably aren't so extreme at all, they're not even allowed to have internet access. This is the Orwellian nightmare. This is no longer a beta test. The beta testing is over. This is an alpha, okay? This is a large and powerful nation that is vying for not only economic world dominance, but military world dominance as well. And they are openly enslaving their people in front of us. And we have our feet stuck in the mud saying, this will never come here, but we already have companies that, ha that run businesses in China, like Apple, using secret social credit scores against their own customers, yeah. Luke. We just haven't been banned from Jason, using it's, the internet. It's not mud. It's, it's quicksand that we're in, and we're slowly going under, and it's getting real. It's getting very real. In China, they just totally block you from seeing information. In the United States, they soft-censor it with algorithms. I'm looking at my post right now on Facebook. I have 5,000 friends. I have about 30,000 people who follow me on a personal Facebook, which usually does well. But I just made a post about an hour ago saying, hey, guys, we're live here. Zero likes, zero shares, zero comments, zero interactions. Uh, and I'm like, they are definitely, definitely Growing us because obviously the messages that we convey, the messages that we share are counterintuitive to the big special interests that are represented and controlled and care more about profit than human rights. Facebook does not care about human rights. Google does not care about human rights. Apple does not care about human rights. They care about profit and their shareholders, and they will sell you down the river because guess what? They already have sold you down the river. They already participate with the PRISM NSA data bulk collection program, and guess what? Now it's only becoming more sophisticated about how alternative voices are just being silenced and just shut up right now. I mean, you guys could check this out. Go to facebook.com forward slash Luke just my name. Luke Radowski on Facebook, facebook.com. That's the URL. I'll post it in the, I'll actually post it in the comment section right now. Zero interactions. Absolutely zero after being up there for an hour. Uh, 5,000 friends. Uh, again, per, the selective targeting here uh, is more real than ever. And uh, it's becoming more dangerous than ever because at least in China, when you get censored, people know you got censored. Here, they censor you, but you're still up there. Uh, some, some few people may see you, but overall, the, the effects of this, I believe, are more damaging than just outright censoring it completely. Um, that, I would make that argument. Would you agree, Jason, or disagree? No, I, I would agree, and I would also point to the fact that just even on Thanksgiving, um, we tried to post some old uh, We Are Change YouTube videos to, you, to uh, the Facebook platform, and they uploaded. They let me have a, a hyperlink and everything else. They didn't want to show up in my feed. <laughs> 
And I had had some problems earlier in the week uh, posting the Jordan Peterson Veeam, uh, which was just a short portion of your video explaining how he spoke to the Trilateral Commission last week, a video that did rather well. A video that, by the way, and this again is how the algorithm works, when the algorithm doesn't question, uh, uh, catch you with questionable political content, because that one was monetized, went through, got to about 40,000 views, and then all of a sudden it was demonetized. And then confirmed yep. by manual review. Well, if somebody doesn't like that content and you have a controversial uh, YouTube channel like We Are Change does, they manually review it. And if that content, oh, you can't talk about the Trilateral Commission and David Rockefeller and globalism, that's a little too controversial yeah, for that, our that sponsors. Video, that video had no cursing. That video didn't violate any policy. That video was just us talking about facts, us breaking down if we had an opinion, our opinion. Uh, uh, I called it the Jordan Peterson deception. Uh, and I raised, I think, very important questions. Once any of our videos hit 40,000, automatically put on a review, automatically not shown to recommended, not shown in the search, not shown um, in, in any uh, homepage or platform, uh, and, and, and soft-censored to, of course, hurt the viewership, hurt, to make sure that that video doesn't go beyond uh, the amount of views that YouTube wants it to have. You got to understand here. YouTube decides who sees your videos, uh, and they are fully in control. Your subscribers don't matter. We have over half a million subscribers, five hundred forty thousand subscribers. Doesn't matter. YouTube just says, you know, we're not going to show with them. We don't care how many people are signed up for your notifications. We're going to decide who gets to see this, who doesn't get to see this, who's recommended, who's related, who who gets to see this on the front page, and uh, even if you search for it. Let's see if people could directly find it. And, of course, you can't usually. Why? Because we are the main dissenters against their systems. We're the ones who were here in 2008 warning you, telling you, hey, they're going to censor this YouTube stuff that we just got in a, a very short time. And guess what? That's exactly what they're doing. And uh, we are one of the few people on the forefront getting kicked in the balls by this soft censorship system, which already exists in the hyperbolic state in China, but exists in its current state here in the United States, which is only escalating and becoming more and more prevalent, more uh, representation of a dystopian future that we're all moving towards uh, with, of course, this bullcrap that they're uh, putting on us. Sorry, I had to go off there. No, and I also want to let people know that not every channel is created equal. So a keyword that a channel like, for instance, my friends run a very successful uh, cooking channel called Healthy Junk Food. Uh, they do some really funny stuff you ever want to see. Go back years and years. I was in a couple of those videos with them. They could pretty much post whatever they want. I was talking to them. I was showing them the back end of our site, uh, Luke, this week when they visited for Thanksgiving. And they were like, oh, my God, I can't believe how many of these things are orange. They're like, we've only had one video ever demonetized and it was a little questionable. You, even talking to other people in the alternative media... Yeah, Jason, Jason I was with my friend a couple weeks ago. He talks about the same thing I, I do. Uh, he has the same keywords, same titles. He earns seven times more money than we do on YouTube. Seven times. Same amount of views, uh, very close uh, watch time, everything. He has uh, five times less than subscribers than we do. Uh, we have five times more, about the same numbers, and uh, seven times earning less. And our projections are, of course, going down because uh, YouTube doesn't recommend us to anyone. 
he, they recommend him to a lot of different people, and his viewerships are going up. And now he's doing better than us because YouTube favors him, even though we talk about the same exact things. Uh, but uh, we talk about it in a context that is a little bit more controversial, obviously, because we confronted Eric Schmidt, the former CEO of Google, who also now works for Alphabet and works with the Pentagon and uh, wants to screw you over and have total control over our, our basic lives. So, yeah, that happens. And we confronted Henry Kissinger, who was with the Atlantic Council, who was also censoring the Internet. We criticized Israel and Saudi Arabia, which, of course, you're not supposed to do if you're a media pundit because, oh, gosh, you tell the truth about people. Oh, no, you can't do that. We're going to just clamp you down. That's what's happening to us. So uh, thank you for the viewers who are here and, and sharing this message and give us super chats because it's been it's been a tough ride, guys. It hasn't been easy, and we've been getting hit hard uh, by this, what is essentially a social credit score here in the United States. Yeah, so for instance, you know, we can't put the words satanic or Illuminati anywhere in our title description tag words other people can by the way other people That's within our own business do and they do get monetized yeah and they get monetized but ours out of the gates as soon as it goes live that's demonetized you have to then change those words up and hope that they haven't you know if you ask for the manual review because if you manually review it and those things are still there you'll just be demonetized for good they won't actually review it the algorithm will put you out and then you don't get another pass so you have to hope and pray however luke they can go through with a manual review, monetize you, weeks later decide that your content is is uh, is controversial, then demonetize it and confirm that by manual review. And you know, you were talking about how do people find us. Yeah, before we move on, before we move on, there's other questions right now in the in the comment section that I want to specifically address around this specific issue because people are saying uh, they're asking me this right now. Quote, then how do you afford your airfares and hotel bills, Luke? Uh, very simple, guys. Frequent flyer miles. You could hack frequent flyer miles. You could uh, collect frequent flyer miles, and your flights are free. I have a crap ton of frequent flyer miles anywhere I want to go at any moment in time are absolutely free. If you have any recommendations of where I should be, you just let me know, and I'll be there. Hotels? What hotels? I usually crash on someone's floor or someone's couch. Or stay at a hostel. Hostels are like what, fifteen, thirty dollars uh, a night. In places like Colombia, they're they're five to ten dollars um, a night. Uh, and I'm actually saving more money than I am living here in New York City, especially with the cost of food. Um, you know, you could also rent out your apartment. Again, hotels and uh, airfare absolutely are, are are nothing. Hostels, couches. They're free, and usually when I travel, I, I save more money than being here in New York City. So that's how I'm able to afford everything. Uh, it's pretty much finagling and travel hacking. Uh, and, uh, and, and yeah, it's been extremely, extremely difficult uh, surviving and, and keeping this operation running the way it is, to be completely frank and honest with you. Sorry, Jason, I just saw this recurring question in the chat room, and I wanted to personally address it. You got it. And I want to say this, too. If you look at our analytics um, – not just our overall, but video to video, even when we're supposedly being sub- suggested by YouTube, because they'll tell you after an hour if they've suggested it to non-subscribers, and sometimes that helps. But the the vast and overall way people find us are by searching we are change in one word or three words. Those are, I, I got to tell you, those are 80% of the search features that find our videos. So it almost doesn't even matter what subject that we've chosen to cover that week. 
80% of the people are finding us just by name recognition alone. And I actually, I've got to thank the audience for that because obviously they came across some of our work from you posting something on Twitter, on Facebook, mentioning it, seeing previous stuff. Um, so thank you guys so much. But we can't depend on notifications, on um, recommendations, on keywords or anything like that. We really have to... Uh, depend on our base and that's why it's so important that if you're not on our email list get on our free email list uh, obviously we'd love to have you on the newsletter list uh, too so you can get the extra content but if you're on our email list every video that we put out you will at least get a hyperlink to you'll see something about we're putting them out every wednesday and sunday so it lets you catch up on you know the five to ten videos uh, that we produce weekly yeah, yeah, we don't spam you with it. We usually send out one email per week, twice if we're lucky if we get to it because of all the work we have to do. We've been busting our humps uh, nonstop. Jason has been working extremely hard. I've been working nonstop here. Uh, it's been a lot of sacrifices. We have to sacrifice a lot. I know Jason has been sacrificing a lot, uh, and uh, it's not easy. Uh, it is not easy to say the least, uh, but, uh, you know, we're persistent. Uh, th this job needs to happen and, and we need you more than ever sharing these videos, sharing the links uh, and again, we could be gone at any moment. Uh, you have to understand a lot of people have already been uh, not only completely censored but also stopped from doing this because of uh, the demonetizations. You look around, a lot of people like us don't exist anymore uh, because of social media soft censorship and algorithm changes that completely destroyed their operations. Um, I am extremely persistent. I'm working my butt off more than ever, and that's why we're doing the email news list. So please sign up uh, on that email news list. Share it with your friends and family members. Tell everyone to sign up on there because uh, it's really the safe way for us to continue this work and to make sure that we will never get shut down. Uh, so again, just go to wearechange.org, and on the right-hand side, uh, sign up on your email list. It means more to us than you could ever imagine. Uh, that's all I have to say on that. Uh, should we move on to, what is it, Friday's or Thursday's story? Um, Friday's story, before we get there, I just want to read these two super chats. Jesse Smith says, uh, when Trump coin hits $10 per token, uh, he Trump will deport Pierce Morgan. I don't think he's going to deport Pierce Morgan because I don't even know if Pierce Morgan's in the United States anymore. He's working I for... Think Pierce Morgan is in the UK. I'm yeah. pretty sure about that. Yeah, because he's working for the Daily Mail TV now and he has his... Fuck uh, like a little, uh, his, I almost, cursed I almost did because I, I can't I stand to be Morgan. <laughs> caught myself. He's got his little uh, column on the Daily Mail every week, so I think he's gone. And uh, Soul A wants to let you know, Luke, uh, please come to Hilton Head Island, South Carolina. You will definitely not be sleeping on the floor. Hey, oh. <laughs> But thank you very much, Soul. I appreciate that very much. Thank so, you again for making me blush. So, Luke, yes. uh, we were talking about independent media, this operation, and I want to talk about independent media for a moment. Jerome Corsi, who is behind WorldNet Daily, he obviously... Is this Friday's story, this Jason? This is Friday's story. Um, okay. Who is somebody who I may not agree with all the time, but I think WorldNet Daily has done some admirable work in the past. Started working for InfoWars in the last couple of years as part of their bureau. Definitely was involved in some of these, uh, how the WikiLeaks information was reported, involved with Roger Stone. He's not a bankster. He's not a corrupt corporate business guy. For the most part, he is an independent author and journalist, and for that, he's going to go to jail. He's right now 
in pursuit of a plea bargain with Robert Mueller so he cannot uh, so he can try to avoid spending the rest of his life in prison because they probably got him to slip up about some ridiculous non-issue. Obviously, well, the, well, the charges being pushed against them are misstatements, are lying, and the, reportedly he went through a 40-hour interrogation and said something that wasn't true, and that's what they're charging him with. I mean, this is an older gentleman. I can't imagine being interrogated for 40 hours by the FBI. Uh, we will see what will be the bigger charge against him and what are the exact details of it, because I really want to know if they really have him on something, which I doubt, uh, but if I'm convinced wrong... Uh, I, I want to be convinced wrong because I want to see exactly what they have on him. Um, and it really looks like nothing much other than him making a misstatement. Whether that misstatement was towards something big, I don't think it is because they would have charged him with something bigger. Uh, but, uh, I mean, he's 72 years old. I mean, uh, now it just looks like they're just picking on people. And, again, I don't agree with Jer uh, Jerome Corsi. I disagree with him on, on a lot of his kind of hardcore right-wing issues. I disagree with him on his bigger ideology. But, um this to me is, is unfair what's happening to him. Absolutely. And it sets a extremely dangerous precedent that if you are not even involved in leaking government documents, but reporting on the leaks of government documents that you had nothing to do with, you can be pulled into an FBI investigation, interrogated, and then imprisoned, not for collusion, not for corruption, but quote unquote misstatements. Well, I got news for you, Mueller. Uh, a lot of people aren't buying your snake oil, and we know that you're a criminal. You're not, you know, you're not a Democrat or a Republican operative. You're a deep state globalist operative that helped cover up 9-11. And uh, if there is a hell, you're going to burn in it. How about that? Uh, I, I disavow what Jason said. Uh, Robert, if you want to talk to Jason, you can talk to Jason. <laughs> Thanks so much, Luke. That's very nice of you. On to Saturday's story. I'm not going through a 40-hour interrogation. <laughs> Uh-uh. Okay. I'm just going to be like, no comment. No comment. I need my lawyer. Uh, I plead the fifth. I don't know. Can, can you even do that? Do you have an option to plead the fifth during I think you uh, do. FBI interrogation? I, I believe you do. But a lot of these guys, they got People little... are saying, don't say nothing. They, nothing they, on the comment sections. They, they got a little... <laughs> on their, uh, I, I mean, I wouldn't... I would not... I don't, I don't understand it. They got a little uh, cocksure, bro. They're like, well, we didn't do anything wrong. We're, we're getting covered. We just got the president elected. I'm hanging out with Roger Stone. What would I do? I'll sit there. And they probably thought they were going to outsmart Robert Mueller. Guess what? You ain't going to outsmart Robert Mueller. He's got unlimited resources. Sit there all day. You know? Yeah, I, and according to Jerome Corsi, they had all of his communications, online communications. They had all of his online records and just binders and binders of all of his information. Uh, so how this case will proceed I definitely want to find out all the details, uh, but we don't have them yet. Uh, but what we have right now is really sparse and nothing solid against them. Uh, we got some more super chats. Uh, do you want to go over them? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, I think it is, who am I looking at? Sandra or Samantha Brown uh, is the first. I check your channel daily. Thank you so much, Samantha. And then really Sandra. That, Samantha. And again, you, you guys need to check our channel daily because you guys aren't getting the notifications you guys aren't getting notifications because the big tech monopolies don't want you getting these notifications don't want these ideas spreading they want cnn spreading they want fox news spreading they want msnbc they want that mental cancer that is pretty much directed by the military industrial complex spread to you fed to you fear-mongered to you to control you uh, it's all about a sophisticated psychological mind control program 
uh, that, of course, uses your emotions against you, pushes you against your fellow common man to divide and conquer and rule over you. The people who bring you together, uh-uh, no, 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 no. We, we don't want that in the subscriptions feed. And that's exactly what's happening. So thank you again, Samantha, for checking in daily. If it wasn't for you doing that uh, and other people doing that, we, we wouldn't be here. Uh, we only are because of you. So thank you. And with that, Sandra Karen, uh, another uh, one of our supporters. I search for you every day. I do uh, get email, and sometimes I get a YouTube update. I also buy from the store. We love your work. You are both awesome. Well, Sandra, you're awesome. And I got to tell you, three straight super chats from the ladies. That makes me feel good, Luke. Uh, because again, if you look at our analytics, we're like I think it's like 83 to 86 percent dude based. So it's nice to and see. And that's good compared to other people. Other people have a lot less uh, male to female ratio. Really, they got like ninety-five dude and like five percent yeah. female. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, I, I guess guys are on the internet a little bit more. The ladies are on the Snapchat. Sorry, I said it. I said it. <laughs> I don't want to start a fight. All right, um, we got two more stories, Luke. Are you, you ready for this one? People, Jason. What's that? Don't make me get the gender police. I, I, I don't yeah, believe me. New York. Thank you so much, Sandra Karen. I uh, really appreciate that. Um, well, it depends. Like a lot of people, a lot, a lot of women usually use Instagram, usually, you know, Snapchat, but also you know, a lot of people don't register and have a Google account. A lot of people watch their videos incognito or through the Brave browser or through Tor. And a lot of them don't have uh, their information registered. They have VPNs. A lot of people are waking up to what's happening. And there's a lot more people who are cautious with their privacy online than we actually think and know about. Um, and I think that kind of uh, understanding is kept away from us uh, specifically. So uh, I, I don't buy all the analytics fully because there's a big portion of our audience that is totally anonymous um, and can't be tracked by Google and is a lot smarter than to have uh, all of their personal information linked in uh, to the cyborg Terminator uh, machine that is Google or YouTube. All right, Saturday story. This one's kind of a sad one, Luke. Uh, you know, we, we opened up talking about the Black Friday madness and uh, the shooting that occurred in Alabama. We had a 12 and 18-year-old girl shot, but then uh, we had somebody who was killed. And that person that was killed was assumed to be the shooter. In fact, he was a military man uh, who actually had a carry permit and may or may not have had anything to do with the altercation, but he certainly did not shoot those two people. And it's unclear whether he was trying to break the fight up or he was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, but this is not only an ugly side of consumerism, this it could be, and I'd like to see the body cam footage, I'd like to see uh, what's going on, a, a case where you know police got in a situation and uh, they did not treat it properly. And now we have uh, a dead veteran. It's, it's pretty sad. Well, this happens a lot, a lot more in this country than you actually uh, kind of know about because police in the United States, on average, depending by state by state basis, don't receive a lot of firearms training. There was an incident here in New York City a couple years ago, also during the winter, where there was a, a, a madman running around with a knife. The police opened fire and they wounded dozens of people. I think it was like 30 or 40 people were injured because the NYPD was just spraying bullets down the street here. Luckily, uh, not many people died, but a lot of people were injured because of the stray bullets that the NYPD police officers who weren't properly trained were just shooting down the street in Manhattan during a very busy street. Uh, during a very busy day. Uh, so this doesn't surprise me. I, I think all police officers need to have body cameras. I think uh, when uh, horrible incidences like this happen, we deserve to know the truth. We deserve to have that video. 
uh, it only makes common sense. Uh, and I do believe, um, you know, if you do have a state, if you have a police force, you you should train them like they do. Uh, I think I think in the Philippines they have specific not only extensive firearms training, but specific training with uh, laughing yoga that uh, has dramatically decreased the level of negative interactions that people have had uh, with the policemen uh, down there, police department down there. It was either Indonesia or the Philippines. I don't exactly remember which country that was, so don't quote me on this directly. Uh, but there was a program in a South Asian country where they did laughing yoga, uh, and uh, the, not only did uh, police abuse, uh, police corruption, uh, and just uh, more horrible things on the job go down dramatically, uh, but uh, it also, uh, you know, made the situation for police officers a lot better. Again, police officers, very difficult job. I would never want to do it. Um, I would never try to enforce my will on, on somebody else. There's there's good ones, there's bad ones out there, but I think accountability is 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 needed. Uh, especially with officers being granted so much authority um, that they have right now and uh, historically with how much they've been able to get away with. Accountability is really the key word with this incident and all the other incidences moving forward. I think that was it. I think that's it. That's all the videos that we had uh, for uh, this week. Right, Jason? We got one more story. We got Sunday story, today's story that we did. We barely touched on earlier in the day, but it is the fact that Syrian state television is saying that Yes, chemical attacks are being used in the Aleppo region by the quote-unquote rebels, a.k.a. al-Siyaeda, a.k.a. ISIS, in a conflict, Luke, that was on the verge of ending months ago. When, you know, they, they were in their last city and somehow this thing is still going on and on and on and on. And usually when there's talk of a chemical attack, first of all, it's in question whether it even happened. And second of all, it's in question of, you know, who committed it. And right now, with the Syrian state television saying this, and literally it being reported nowhere else in Western media, I only saw it in The Guardian, this is something we have to pay close attention to because Syria is now, uh, you know, Syrian military is now bombing Aleppo. And this, uh, this very, 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 very important conflict in the Middle East is escalating once again. Yeah, Jason, let's let's open it up to phone calls. I'm talking to partisan girl right now. I'm going to try to interview her right after this video about that specific case because this does seem like a major chemical weapons attack. This is largely ignored. Usually the mainstream media, when they hear chemical weapons attack in Syria, their ears prop up. Uh, they start salivating at the mouth and they start going crazy with all these accusations and all these crazy things. But it definitely looks like it was rebels doing this to the Syrian uh, citizens there, rebels that of course were supported by Israel, Saudi Arabia and the United States and this needs to be called out but the mainstream media is completely silent about this. You would think with how much they care about chemical weapons attack they would actually mention it but very very little coverage as you mentioned only in the Guardian. I'm talking to partisan girl because she has her sources on the ground there um, and I definitely want to find out more information about exactly what happened and the bigger kind of ramifications uh, coming away from this since um, obviously, no one's talking about it. And if and if people aren't talking about something, I want to talk about it. I want to investigate it. I want to look into it. And that's what we're going to be doing on this channel. Uh, so definitely stay tuned for a lot more information. What's the phone number, Jason? It is 607-542-9184. That is 607-542-9184. While we wait for that phone call, uh, we have another super chat. And this is from uh, to Poppy Rafa. To Poppy Rafa. Hi, guys. Keep up the excellent work. Love your channel. Any smartphone you consider less 
harmful uh, for our privacy. I know that there are a bunch of um, of encrypted phones out there, but I would say I know Luke is a uh, is a uh, Apple man on the phones, the uh, things. Not I, by choice. I would say, look, what you want to do is get yourself a, a decent droid. Um, fill it with as much misinformation as possible. In other words, you create a Google account under an alias, under an email that's not you. Um, maybe, or Proton Mail. Yeah, you, there's there's some ways to get around it. It's how you set your account up. And then, um, like myself, I'm going to bring up my settings so I can show people this. I guess there there is a my the service I'm using right now does have a, a VPN built in. But if you look at right here, let's see if it'll actually show on the the actual website. Let's see if we can see it. Oh man, that's tough. No, you're not going to be able to see it. But man, that's so weird that the whole thing goes white. But uh, basically, I run a uh, 24/7 VPN on my phone. So uh, there you see, there's a VPN section. You might be able to see on the right-hand side, there's a, a, a little bit more. But it's always active, and you can set it to always active. You could put it on. Again, none of these things are perfect by any means, Luke, especially in our track trace database society. But you definitely have more of an open interface with an Android device and the misinformation, disinformation that you can give it and still operate it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, very good answer. I was going to say the same exact thing. You were uh, Apple is is one of the worst. Android, you have some kind of kind of expectation uh, to be able to finagle more of the software than you can with, of course, hardwired uh, Apple. Um, the only reason I kind of use Apple is because of the video uh, attributes and platforms that I believe are better than Android, uh, and that's the only reason I use them. There really isn't a perfect. Uh, smartphone out there that protects your privacy uh that's like a unicorn to be completely honest with you it's a great idea it's fun it's 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 it's, it's needed it's cool yeah but it doesn't exist uh you can have some layers of, of privacy but uh if if the state wants to know what you're doing and who you are they'll find out um exactly uh like that without even uh you know batting an eye all you could do is just put layers um between yourself and the state but uh, no layers are foolproof. No layers are bulletproof uh, in this track trace society that we're all living under. Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, if you guys want to call in and get into any other discussions that uh, we got into today, feel free to call us, 607-542-9184. That is the call-in number, and you can call in, and we can talk to you live um, and have the conversation with you uh, in the moment about any of the stories that we talked about uh when it comes to the cell phone question i still wanted to, to kind of uh be on that topic because i actually talked to a company that was building uh a new cell phone with resources that were ethically harvested and uh not places where uh, you know children had to lose their hands in africa in and we're working on software that was uh enabled to protect your identity and your information and uh I, I interviewed a company in uh, Holland that was doing that a couple years ago, and a lot of them went under, uh, and a lot of them do go under because they don't have the government investment seed money or tax incentives that these big companies like Apple get that allowed them to have an unfair uh, advantage over the competition. We're not living in a free market system. We're not living in a capitalistic system. People need to realize people out there protesting capitalism, we don't have capitalism. We have socialism for the elite. We have corporate welfare. We have tax incentives. We have so much 
uh, of an unfair advantage for the banksters, for the top monopoly corporations out there, that it's ridiculous to even think that we're existing under a pure capitalistic system because we are not. We're living under a phony system that at any moment could crumble and topple because it's all based on lies. And it's all based on debt. And it's all based on greed to the extent where the filthy, greedy little bumps have filled their pockets so much that it's only a matter of time until someone takes a little syringe or a little whatever you call it and just hits it and everything explodes and everything is going to be meaningless and valueless. That's the future that not only the American economy is heading towards, but also the Chinese, the Russian, and any other world economy that is based on absolutely debt, absolutely uh, uh, slavery, absolute servitude towards this false idol, this false reality that we call government. There is no government. Uh, it's all an illusion. It's all uh, just made up in our lives to control us. And one of the biggest way they do that is through the financial incentives. And that's why, again, like a lot of people fear monger and they say buy some survival food, uh, go get cryptos, go get gold. One of the biggest things you can do is learn to live a minimalist life, but also a life connected to friends, family and neighbors. Because if ish hit, hits the fan, if if shite hits the fan. Those are the things that are really going to keep you safe. Friends, family, your personal connections uh, that you have with other people um, are going to be far more superior than gold, silver, or any Bitcoin. Sure, those are great alternatives. Those are great investments. I definitely recommend people take about 50%, 15% of their revenue and put it into alternatives to the dollar. 100% recommend that. I don't recommend you go out and get credit cards and, and put all your money on crypto or gold and silver. I know people who actually did that. Uh, don't recommend that. Be smart, be wise, be sound, be reasonable, and be, you know, be able to see something of value and to promote it um, and to believe in it. So we got a phone call. Let's take the phone call. You are alive with We Are Change, Luke and Jason. Remember, Luke cannot hear you. What's your name? What would you like to discuss? Hi, Jason? Yes. Oh, hi, this is Sol. Um, How are you doing, Sol? Sol A. Sol A, yep. Um, you're, you're cute, too. I just wanted to say that I'm sorry. Well, I'm glad you think that I'm cute, too. I, 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 I agree with you. Luke is pretty stunning. He's got some baby eyes over there, baby I blues. I can't hear anything you guys are saying, just for the record. There's a technical yeah. um, difficulty, no, the but I, I'm already blushing because I, I didn't see what this conversation I wanted to talk more about the about. wall. I know in the Super Chat I mentioned that I'm from Colombia, mm -hmm. and a lot of people disagree with me who are of Hispanic descent. But the reason I'm for the wall is only because I don't want people coming over and taking advantage of taxpayers' money and just getting a free ride. So uh, just uh, to be clear, you know, you, you would like people to be able to pay taxes, pay into the system, be part of the system, come the way that you did. You're not necessarily saying we should close off the borders and not allow immigration. You're saying, look, there's a system. I went through it. Can you tell people uh, about that system of you coming uh, from South America to this country? Oh, yeah. Well, it was many years ago, but... My, I came when I was six years old, but my mother was here first, and then, she, you know, we had to apply for visas. They approved them. So it was through mainly my mother that I came to the U.S., but so she had to go through all the legal documentation for myself and my brother. Got you. And, and obviously she was employed the whole time. How many years would you say it took for your family to become legal residents of this country? 
Oh, well, um, I think it took about a good 10 years. 10 years sounds, you know, just about right. Again, um, knowing somebody who was in a similar situation, not from South America, uh, but came, I think, just before becoming a teenager, she was still struggling into her uh, late 20s and early 30s to get citizenship. So it, it is a struggle. So, A, I thank you so much for not only the phone call, but the support. Luke, I think uh, that she made some really good points. I know that you weren't able to hear them, but basically she said, look, I think that uh, we don't want people coming in and taking advantage of our social welfare system, um, um, being burdens on taxpayers, and not going through the right way. And listen, she admitted uh, she came as a kid. Her mother is the one that put her through, but it still took 10 years for them to get citizenship. What are your thoughts? Well, it's not an easy process. And uh, again, uh, this whole debate is is, is is very dependent on your kind of philosophy and, and ideas and and, and to me, like, in a pure world, we wouldn't have government and a socialized kind of state because the government wouldn't be creating problems that create the need for that. Um, and to me, that's what government is creating. Uh, we got one more phone one call. More. Let's go Let's take, it. take it. Yep. You are on live with Jason and Luke. Uh, what's your name? What would you like to talk about? My name is Van Ho, and I would like to talk about uh, the missionary in India that uh, was killed by arrows. Okay, Banho, what, what are your thoughts on that? Because, uh, you know, that's not a story we cover today, but uh, just so Luke knows, we're talking about the missionary uh, that was murdered by basically that tribe that um, was outside of society. In fact, I think that they were just found like last year through some drone footage. People knew not to go there. From what I know of the story, um, no, no, no. They were they were found before people knew about them, but they were very hostile to anyone coming. Yeah, last to, year, uh, visit them. They killed two fishermen. We're uh, breaking before, up. and it was very difficult for local governments to recover their body. They're having a hard time recovering this missionary's yeah. body. Yeah, one I'm second. Man, people, I, I'm seeing a lot of people okay. make a lot of jokes about this. Uh, you know, it's, it's a little. To me, it's a little distasteful. It's still a human being. It's still someone who's trying to do something noble, and then. Uh, got punished for it, and and you know people can make jokes, but I don't think it's 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 a laughing matter. It's kind of sad, especially during this holiday season, and uh, uh, yeah, it's 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 a sad situation um, that unfolded, and sadly, this guy lost his life for for going there. Well, not only that, but I think that Luke, uh, before he lost his life, I believe he approached them and they fired on him, and uh, they actually hit one of his. Um, books or other documents. So he knew they were going to be hostile to him. It, it was pretty insane for me um, to, to think that, you know, you could go into this situation. What's your greater point, Van Ho? Uh, my my uh, problem with that is that uh, this person essentially tried to, uh, what is it, extinguish their culture by going there and trying to Christianize them. Mm-hmm. Now, what are you guys' thoughts on that? All right, I appreciate the call. Well, here's the thing. Uh, when you're dealing with, first of all, a culture, you know you're not going to be able to communicate. You know, we've had missionaries, uh, Luke, go into other places. But you know out of the gates, Luke, you're not going to be able to communicate with these people. You know, these are literal bush people. And you know that they've been hostile in the past. You're taking your own, you know, you're taking your own chances. You're taking your own I mean, own this group chance. made contact with other people before. And I'm pretty sure, I think I read something that this guy was, uh, this was like the second time that they're, he was visiting this kind of off-limits remote tribe. And uh, a lot of people are saying that this, like, tribe, which really hasn't been 
civilized and hasn't really met and, or interacted with people uh, from civilization, that one of the reasons that they still exist in the kind of primal way that they do is because they haven't made contact with uh, a lot of outsiders and that making this contact with outsiders would lead to them getting a lot of the diseases that they're not predispositioned to and that it would wipe them off. And it's only a small kind of tribe. There's, uh, it's an estimated 150 people in this tribe. But uh, I remember looking into this. I, there's so many memes about this. There's pictures of them saying that they're border protection MVPs. Oh, I saw that. Uh, there's, there's so many memes. I mean, it's, it's a big topic of discussion because this is, this is fascinating that something like this still exists in this world. Uh, but right now, as we're speaking, the Indian authorities are facing off with this tribe as they're trying to recover the body of this missionary. And um, this tribe is not letting them uh, do that. So it's going to be interesting to see how this story kind of develops. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right now, and we don't know if anyone's going to get charged with murder. Um, there's talks of that as well. It's a very bizarre story, uh, kind of over the top, kind of cartoonish. But again, when, when you're a person who knows damn well what you're getting into, it's just like, what were you thinking? It's like that couple that thought that they were going to go into the Middle East in, in some of the violent areas and everything was going to be a-okay. We're going to bike through it. We're Christians. Everything's all right. And they ended up being murdered. Uh, you have to be aware of your surroundings, especially, you know. Well, I, they didn't go through. They. That's also like a bigger part of the story. This couple didn't go down there to prove this. Mm -hmm. They were talking about it as they were doing it. And, and again, things like this happen. You just, you know, it, it's, it's pretty sad uh, that this person lost their life, especially during the holiday season. He seemed like an explorer. He seemed like he believed in. Uh, you know, Christ and the message of Christ and wanted to spread that message even to this uh, remote island in India, uh, which was uh, kind of out there, uh, kind of wild, kind of kind of crazy of an idea. I mean, we all have crazy ideas. I was in Somalia for freak's sakes. Uh, you know, luckily nothing, nothing happened to me there. Uh, but uh, I mean, uh, when you were there down, the, like literally a block away, there was a car bomb that went off. I yeah, mean that yeah. that absolutely happened while you were there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no big deal. So stuff like this happens. <laughs> I, I hope I hope I hope I don't become a meme uh, if I die in one of these remote places. I also went to Fukushima. I also was in Caracas. I do a lot of dumb stuff. So uh, yeah, I definitely don't want to be remembered as a dummy. <laughs> <laughs> don't win any Darwin awards, Luke. That's meme. all I'm saying. Yeah, I, I never want to see Luke Rudowski, the winner of the Darwin Award, for. Uh, you need not even twenty twenty five. Let's let's not do. Came it. close to a couple of them. <laughs> All right, Luke. That Luke. That being said, we've taken the phone calls. We've gone for an hour and fifty five minutes. We've covered this week's stories. We've gone in depth on the Russia Ukraine and of course what's going on with the caravan and the border. I would like people to go check out the backup channel Pulse Change. Sign up for the email, and if you can, please become a member a subscriber to the newsletter, or a donor to Patreon for all of our great unlisted contact uh, that we are putting out now on a weekly or sometimes bi-weekly basis, Luke. Yep, uh, I'm reading the comments, and people say, may you become the best of memes. Well, thank you so much for all your insightful, illuminating comments. I always appreciate the bigger discussion that I have with all of you. We do have to think of a tech... Maybe I could even call on, on Facebook... And just have uh, a separate audio thing to hear and have more phone calls. Maybe we could even just have a phone call edition of the show every Saturday. 
and then the news portion every Sunday, and then do an hour Saturday and Sunday. What do you think about that? Do you think you think that's possible, Jason? I mean, I'm up up for any ideas. I mean, we'll we'll be able to do it so that you uh, listen if we just get a different uh, video route. It sucks because yeah. honestly, Hangouts has been amazing for us. Skype has been horrible for us, and uh, Facebook is reliable, but the video quality is kind of garbage. Yeah, if there's a technical person out there, we could use all the help we could get. It's just me and Jason doing a lot of the work, and it's 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 getting strenuous. It's getting difficult. We could use all the help we could get. Yeah, if anybody so, out there knows another video platform that we could use, a video conferencing platform that's reliable, that'll get us through two hours, that'll allow Luke uh, to listen in on the Hangout phone calls as well, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, well, I'm, I very much look forward to having more conversations with you guys. Uh, Jason, anything else you want to say before we uh, sign off here? No, nah, man, uh, just be the change you want to see in the world and keep moving forward, guys. Uh, Jason, thank you so much for dealing with me and being here two hours on this live show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, again, really, really appreciate you guys, your energy, your, your comments, your jokes, your sarcasm, all of the illustrative comments that you guys give us and conversations uh from the bottom of my heart always gives me pure pleasure and joy to serve you guys and uh thank you for giving me that opportunity i love you guys stay tuned for more